Oh, oh. Yeah. that's not fun. Not for upsetting. Me. No one not wants that. What's after breakfast? What's before lunch? It's Austin, Texas. It's weird brunch. Dogs. The little dog feet. Yeah. The dog feet is a, a little loud. We'll see if I can fix it in post. If not, we'll just uh, say we're at a different home where there's three goddamn dogs. Three little mm-hmm. doggies. <laughs> and wood floors, which means click, click. Clickety-clackities. Yeah, it's fine. Click, 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 click. Click, click, click. Does it drive you crazy? Yeah. Yeah, is that I why mean, you on come the into the office? Yes. <gasps> Actually, yes. I know. We're I uncovering know everything. Look at me already knowing. Um, But we are at Lisa and CJ's house today. Because, yeah. well, we were... I first wanted to record from Lisa's new little above ground pool and then john said we couldn't take the equipment into the pool I'm like a lame bummer like even if we wrapped it in like saran wrap or something kill i mean Super. i'm sure that would sound awful with a bunch of like plastic around the outside of it but we don't know i know. We won't know okay. right. i know well, it would sound awful until we try yeah all right fuck it let's, let's get in there <laughs> i know i just set all this up but let's move into the pool Hit pause care. on that bitch. I don't care anymore. Hit pause on that bitch. You know, that's where gossip turns into something a little bit more uh, entertaining and yeah. less, a, a little less like just being a, a bitch. Do you listen to normal gossip? No, but I have been meaning to. I've heard nothing but Sorry, good things. Oh, I'm gone. I was it's testing okay. you. Um, you are testing me, Whitney. <laughs> it's, I was just making sure that was what in you were my on. home. I know. <laughs> I know. But yeah, normal gossip when they because it's like a host that tells a story, like a friend of a friend kind of thing, and they tell it to the guest. And the first question that she asks is, "What is your relationship with gossip?" And a lot of people do the like, "Well, you know, gossip is actually defensive, right? It's so you can spread information about bad people, and it's usually sourced around women, which I think I think is fair." But there was one person who came on that was like, "I know that people always say this, but really, in my mind, the thing that makes it gossip and not just..." like information sharing is the fact that it's like salacious and yeah. usually kind of like non-serious to you mm-hmm. in a kind of way. Yeah. I'm like, that's fair. Like you don't have, not everything needs to be like intellectualized. And it's also, if sometimes you're just talking about somebody else casually yeah. and it's not mean, it's like, well this weekend Haley, that, that's not No, so I don't think that's gossip. I think gossip very much has to have the lead in of like, oh my god, did you hear? Or like that yeah. kind of I'm prepping you to receive some yeah. information. Just like the look yeah. of get ready. Yeah. Sometimes Our, gossip is just a look. Yeah. Some exactly. of my favorite gossip is yeah. just a slight eye contact mm-hmm. and move yeah. on. We, we all thing. heard that? We all heard this that? Okay. There was a TikTok trend kind of recently where it it's basically women and how they use like subtle kind of like eye movements to communicate different things and it was basically you do an eye look that says like can you believe this fucking person to oh yeah like uh, oh like maybe like interest like this person and the last one is we need to get out of here kind of stuff and they're all very subtly different and it's men reacting to it being like i don't they all look the same <laughs> and all the women being like no like that last one especially we need to get out of here is very different, different things yeah more I, I love tiktok mm-hmm. that's it that's all that's all i love mm. it's the only thing that matters that's where i get all my keeping information keeping me going mm-hmm. 
One day I'll get more into it. I get, I'm you go through there every phases. now and then. I think you're I'll afraid. I'll send you a TikTok from time to time. I am afraid. It's very time consuming. If it's a TikTok I want her to see, I'll download it and send, send it, it to, to you directly because I know you're not looking at it. Group chat. Brandon yeah. will take TikTok breaks. It's a, like ADHD. It's just not good for you because you can't pull yourself out of it. No, you can't. Mm-mm. It's dangerous yeah. for me. I definitely get to a point where I see TikTok and I go, I don't even look at TikTok anymore. Yeah. And I put it down for a little bit. Check out. How do you qualify those? What was um, the most recent one that you were like, nah, I'm done here. Sometimes I'll get on the side of TikTok that I think is more like younger person, like teenager adjacent. And it's just like what would be like a hot, I use oh, air quotes, like 17 year old who's like, who are like, like making faces and like singing just lyrics and yeah. like licking their lips. And, and I'm like, like they're just like looking into the, ca- it's it's, it's not so even it's how so does that cringy. get into your it just slips in everyone's throw it one. happens to me too also and this won't make me turn off of tiktok but you know the algorithm isn't perfect there was like half a day where i was only on like eastern indian tiktok which was really That's interesting kind of it's like a lot of dancing is um, it because you were in india yeah I, it wasn't around that time i don't mm. even think it was i think it was like late last year before i even knew i was going so i wouldn't even been like right. researching it or anything but it's just something pinged and that's what I was on for a day. And then I was off it. I didn't like unlike anything. I was like, oh, that's fun. Whatever. Yeah. 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 So TikTok's not always like perfectly right. So those weird little TikTok dances can get in and stuff too. I was interviewing somebody for a job at where I work and they mentioned a tool that they use for project management. I hadn't heard it. I don't think I've ever looked into it. Like, and then I got an ad for it. Of course. On TikTok? On Instagram. What else happened this week? It's hot. It's a, a, hun- a heat index of 117 degrees in Texas. And this coming week, it's supposed to be the hottest Ever. on record. Yeah. Like us and like some spot in Africa and on TikTok. on TikTok. And one other spot in the world at the same time are going to be like the hottest places in the world. I just don't understand like why ever. us. Because it's not, if it was like, like what did we line, do? across the earth and you're like yeah we're all like on the equator or yeah but right? it's not it's literally like calling us out like texas well yeah i, I mean, mean look at the oil and it. gas industry we deserve it probably. i mean the I don't methane think I from the cows it. i don't that's not me i don't artichokes last night are we good I feel like I could have done them better. I mean, probably. Artichokes are so weird cuz you only eat like i don't know how you make artichokes. You eat like dip. a third of it the actual yeah but like with the leaves you know you just squeeze it all out in the little no because that's not how like you have to like scrape it off yeah we'll never know (sighs) yeah i'm never i will never choke dip i'll buy it and i will make artichokes on their own yeah but i'm not making artichoke dip when was the last time we recorded it's been like a month I went to Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. During that time. That's new. It was cool. Your new favorite city. It's the coolest place I've ever been. And I did not see that much of it. And I really, really want to go back. Let's oh. go back. I yeah. want to go. I've Dana been wants to, to put with a trip Dana together. and okay. with Ale. And let's do like, it. Let's go. So. Yo, Ablo. That's true. Enough. <laughs> it comes to, like, and I didn't it does. Spanish in it just high comes or anything. right back yeah. into your head. It's I think insane. in growing up in Texas, it's just yeah. osmosis. Osmosis. You just hear it and pick up enough vocabulary words to be like this is the subject matter and i I feel like you pick up on even if you don't speak it i feel like you pick up on the vibe of it 
Like mm-hmm. you yeah, can tell absolutely. the context of what people are talking about. I when we went on that uh COVID cruise in twenty twenty two, we were going along the Pacific coast of Mexico and there was at one point I was like, I just I just want like th- I was high stress for some reason and all of a sudden I was like, Ahora no gracias para no th- <laughs> and right. I was like, Oh my god, where did she come from? No one like people hit me. their head and they suddenly know like <laughs> piano or something. I'm like, do I just yeah. need to be angry to know Spanish? Yeah. Lord. Was- I'm I feel like I'm better at it when I'm intoxicated. I think it's just because oh, I'm yeah. not as afraid, afraid to, to speak it. branch out yep. and be like the one person that was with that's us that's how I sound when I try to speak yeah language. you know she thinks she's really, really bad yeah. as the sober person in the room it's not, it's not, not good. good when you just bust out Spanish in the middle of a party and we're like oh, okay I'm gonna go to bed it's usually <laughs> right before you go to bed <laughs> this happens but the the we, we were mostly around um, our Mexican like co-workers but when we were out we had like basically two half days to explore um, and um, one of my co-workers and she was like, I know restaurant Spanish. And like that got us through pretty much the entire yeah. time. Cause it was very basic questions and then like numbers and counting and cost on mm-hmm. things. And it was, and then food, which is great. So mm-hmm. she became our translator like <laughs> real quick. When I was my last year of taking Spanish, I started taking Spanish classes when I was in sixth grade and I stopped when I uh, graduated college. Mm-hmm. So I should know far more than I do. The last thing that, the last class I was in, it was one of those where it was like, speak Spanish in here every day, all day. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'll do my best. I hated that class. I was not a fan. It's so uncomfortable, right? And the teacher was like weird. But then some, there was one day where I said something and he looked at me and he was like, hey, chocame, like fist bump. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, now I will never forget what chocame means. And also... I don't want to do this. I don't want to fist bump my professor in the middle of a class. No. You didn't want to choke a me? No, but I choke a tay. Yeah. I choke a tay. Choke a laid. Choke a Anyways, it would be lay. Ellie. Sorry. It's fine. I just can't believe you got the mic to your ass that fast. Oh, I just thought that meant that we were going to do the rest of the podcast in Spanish. See. You know what? There was a. Hola. Uh, bienvenido a Weird Brunch. Soy Whitney Lamond. Me llamo Haley Lamond. Me llamo Lisa Friedrich. Que tal? Y uh, nosotros somos podcastando. Uh, You're looking at I'm a la casa de Sejefe, right? Sejota. Sejota. Y. Lisa. Do you know that my name means plain? Hmm. P L A I N. Oh, like, and like Linda. Sarah, plain and tall. Lisa is Linda is Spanish. pretty. Mm-hmm. Linda. It's fine. I'll unpack that Kaylee one. Kaylee doesn't mean anything in any other languages but English. Especially the way it's spelled for yeah, you. Yeah, well, it's spelled wrong. <gasps> yeah, well. No, that's true. It's spelled right. No, my Any spelling spelled is spelled right. Mom even told me that. Or maybe dad told me that. What, that they actually misspelled it? It well, was his fault. It was his fault. So mom had a cesarean, so she was kind of drugged up when I came out because Whitney ruined everything. So I could, they, she could mm. do natural birth mm-hmm. in the second kid. Mm-hmm. And then dad had gotten off of a shift from work because I was born at like eight o'clock in the morning. And so dad was apparently still kind of drunk oh, from I'm work. Sure he was like on coke too. Oh, yeah. It was the 80s. And so he was in charge with filling out the birth certificate. <laughs> and 
he they didn't discuss how to spell the name and then they got the actual physical birth certificate in the mail like two weeks later and then they were like oh okay i'm sure mom was like it's fine yeah mom doesn't give a shit I love what you're it. gonna do the paperwork to add that e spelling it's yeah. great My she'll thing, be fine it would have made more sense if they didn't put an e in your name and then they're like this is an e-less household whitney whitney i don't like it without the e well you, you've never known it any other way so you don't know i i know yeah you would hate it with the e if you never had yeah. the e. no no actually i wouldn't i'm just a fan of brevity so i don't need extra letters in my name all right one could argue that you have an extra y in your name that's true yeah but that's like cute oh okay so <laughs> you're 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 selectively into extra letters no okay. i just have like if like it's a cute letter aesthetically mm. it's a better looking name mm-hmm. as a libra okay there it is <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. two libras same side of the table that's true y'all we're literally in the same me. position too we are <laughs> oh no creeping me out oh, over here all right who wants to do their story first mine's pretty light fun i can do mine okay. mine's pretty fun too okay. lisa goes first i don't know if we've done this before so if we have uh we'll fans to it again I'll fans know. of ours please and i'll tell you right in to our inbox i know that our inbox is full hot or not.com it's at gmail uh just send us an instagram message that's the only thing i see here just come over to lisa's house and tell her yeah just show up at lisa's house is one two three four (laughs) one two three four mainstream yeah uh So in the late 1880s, William Dorsey Swan starts hosting private balls in Washington, D.C. called drags. Mm. Drag is possibly derived from grand rag, which is an antiquated term for masquerade balls. So they used to call them grand rags. Because the rags were grand? They were grand. They were so grand that they then shortened to drag. Grand drag. Grand Grand. Drag. Mm-hmm. Hello, grand drag. Hello, grand drag. This is my grand this drag. This is my dan- nope. My grand drag. My no. grand dragon. Oh my god. Oh no. Somewhat. What did I say? We're grand saying grand dragon. dragon. That's What's that? That's that's from from a a oh, I didn't mean that. No, no you didn't mean but it. But the I think there's You're a school in Austin whose mascot are the dragons, and their dance team are the dragonettes. And I saw somebody like post like go Dragonettes, and I was like, oh my god, is there like a queer dance team that like performs, and they're called the Dragonettes? Oh. Because I will fucking see that. That's but it wasn't. amazing. It's actual high school people who are girls on a dance team. I saw sucks. I saw on TikTok a <laughs> much bigger bummer because it is Pride Month, the uh, Pride Parade, and they had a flag team called the. F- We'll yeah that. oh that's yeah. great yeah okay sorry dragonettes no. though it's fine um so all of these uh private balls were very secret but they weren't secret for long in january 1887 there's a raid and officers report six black men dressed in elegant female attire corsets bustles long hose and slippers what year is this again 1887 okay in april 1888 this is uh, 
the man I mentioned before, William Dorsey Swan. It's his 30th birthday, and there's uh, reports of a raid targeting men in female attire of many colors and, quote, gaudy costumes of silk and satin. What part of the country is this again? Washington, D.C. Gotcha. So what kind of charges were coming from these raids? Well, uh, the charge was, quote, being being suspicious characters. Uh, Being sus. I was going to say, being too cute, being too pretty. Being sus about how pretty you Mm -hmm. are. In April 1888, during that raid, uh, it's reported that William Dorsey Swan, quote, who was arrayed in gorgeous dress of cream-colored satin, uh, quote, rushed towards the officers and tried to prevent their entering. Stood up to th- an officer that came in and said, uh, and this is a quote, I'm not doing anything hinky here. Uh, stood up to an officer and said, you is no gentleman. Get, mm-hmm. like, we're done here. Yeah. Swan is being recognized as the first queer American hero. Let's find out why. LGBTQ history is very hard to come by. Uh, there's a lack of diaries, personal letters, family papers, the way that people normally get mm-hmm. information on history because all of it is secret. Taboo. Secret. Mm-hmm. It's a sin. It's illegal. So identifying Swan as the first reported do- drag queen is a major event. So who is William Dorsey Swan? Born in Washington County, Maryland. He was born into slavery. He was the fifth of 13 children and um, born to an enslaved housekeeper, Mary Jane Yonker and enslaved wheat farmer, Andrew Jackson, Jack Swan in April of 1862 DC compensated emancipation act of 1862 ended slavery in the nation's capital months before the emancipation proclamation. I didn't, I didn't know that I didn't either. It's going to two that. and a half years. What to get Texas? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Happy mm-hmm. kind of June Past Juneteenth, June yes. but yes. Um, after the Civil War, Swan's parents b- uh, bought a plot of land and started a farm. Swan starts working as soon as he's old enough. In 1880, he relocates to Washington, works as a janitor, and sends money back home. The underground, and, and at this time in Washington, D.C., the underground queer networks were just as segregated as anything else. There were white and black communities that rarely interacted. And it's reported, um, quote, it was a hushed fact that Lafayette Square in D.C., adjacent to the White House, was a known cruising spot for gay men, both black and white. But most cruisers were only interested in hooking up with the same race. Here's your exception. Washington's drag scene um so swans drag balls brought everyone together everyone everyone likes a party everyone likes a party Mm -hmm. yep so he it was really risky to attend these drag balls um names of attendees if you were arrested and jailed all your names were in the paper so now you're outed now it's like that's just so much so different than the now and post-civil war america had very little patience for men playing around with gender norms. The sentences were three to ten months, if found. Swan's gatherings, guests wore women's clothing or men's suits, so you were very dolled up no matter what. You danced to folk music. Could women go? Is that where the men's suits come in, or probably not? I'm sure you could. That wasn't really... Right, it was addressed, and you really can't find much on this, which I'll I'll get to why. Um, but yeah, they I don't know. I 
I would think possibly, but not likely. Mm-hmm. Everybody that would go to these uh, parties were known as the House of Swan. First house. Oh, cool. Also, Swan. What a great name. Yeah, I know. And there's two ends, so it's like cute. A it's a cute. It's cute. It's a cute. L y n n e. So there was a competitive element to these balls. It was a resistance dance, which is also known as a cakewalk. Oh. I love that, too. Yeah. Originally held by enslaved people on southern plantations. Did you know that about cakewalks? Yes. Oh, um, like an actual cakewalk where you, like, mm-hmm. win a cake and stuff? N- no. You do win a cake. Yeah. But the re- so, so explain it. coupled dancers, and this is a quote, executed walking steps and figures in precise formations as if in mimicry of the white man's attitudes and manners. So there were uh, enslavers were unaware that they were being mocked Mocked. and they were judging this contest and they would give a cake at the end. Of course. Yeah. The improvisational movements that would happen during these cakewalks and like subtle expressions of communication very much resemble voguing. Mm-hmm. So, oh, God, to see one of these. I know. Well, if you're seeing one of them, it means you were a slave owner, Winnie. Or a so. slave. Or a slave. Or just a hoe. I could have been a hooker, like, hanging out at the swan ball. You could have been a hoe. Thank you. You're welcome. I believe in you. Um, swan started crowning winners queen of the ball. This was also a nod to the Queens of Freedom, which were crowned at Washington's Emancipation Day parades. So uh, Swan was pulling together this uh, kind of one of the few lights that that enslaved people came up with for themselves Mm -hmm. and mixing that with this like Queen of Freedom, like this is freedom for me. So instead of a cake, they were awarded queens uh queen of the ball swan also adopted the title referenced himself as the queen of course and was referenced as the queen in a few reports uh following that raid in april in the 1880s across the country cities start passing laws explicitly banning cross-dressing the rules applied selectively they were inconsistent and they're riddled with contradictions In 1896, Swan is arrested for, quote, keeping a disorderly house. You and me both. That is a rude thing to say to a queen. I know. Especially when that means a brothel. Yeah. Mm. Um, Which is weird because, like, at that time, weren't brothels kind of like, it's fine. Yes. But also, were they selling sex out of there? I'm sure sex was happening. Well, well, and drag shows are not innately sexual. So it's that same kind of idea of like, because you're doing this thing that's seen as perverse, it is innately sexual. So it's basically a brothel. Mm -hmm. Because they probably didn't have anything else on the books that would get them for anything worse. Like, what else could you call it? Yeah. Yeah. He pled not guilty, and he was still sentenced to 300 days in prison. Now... Earlier in his life, at 24 years old, he was arrested. There were a few times. W- there, I was listening to a podcast that mentioned a time where he was he stole some uh, like tableware from a an employer, maybe at a hotel. But there's another one where um, that's a lie. Yeah, he worked at a library. I mean, maybe he did. Like you, you do what you got to do. Yeah. I don't think 
assigning moral judgment Maybe. to something like that is true but i feel like yeah being like oh the help stole our silverware well, that so there was another incident where it was he was working at a library and he stole a library book or something mm. they just give those to you i know what are you talking about stole I know. it i know uh i'll believe that one Did and black so people have access to libraries at the time if they were working there i guess yeah he was working well there. like he couldn't check it out though mm. that's my possibly what I'm saying mm-hmm. is that yeah. he had to, yeah and yeah. so with that one specifically the employers the assistant u.s attorney and the sentencing judge all wrote a letter of uh like a request for pardon mm. for wow. him and the own like everybody <laughs> was like he just wanted to learn yeah. Like he, he yeah. just Why wanted to learn more yeah. about it. And so racism. Yeah. Three months. They're emancipated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so three months into this keeping a disorderly house arrest in prison, Swan files a petition for pardon from President Grover Cleveland himself. He gets 30 friends to sign. I love it. That's a good I amount. I don't have 30 friends. It. So that's. I would impressive. not sign it if you asked me to. Well, know. you're not my friend. So you would erase a name, wouldn't you? <laughs> she yeah. would want to sign it. <laughs> Cross out a couple names. Here you go. <laughs> uh, the U.S. attorney at the time argued against it and said the prisoner was, in fact, convicted of the most horrible and disgusting offenses known to the law. An offense so disgusting that it is unnamed. His evil example in the community must have been most corrupting. What a fucking buzzkill. Little beach. Yeah. Uh, and Grover Cleveland did deny the petition. However, Swan pe- uh, petitioning to clear his name represents the earliest documented example of an American activist taking, quote, specific legal and political steps to defend the queer community's right to gather without the threat of criminalization, suppression, or police violence. Dang. First time in history, mm-hmm. American history. By 1900, Swan had returned home to Hancock, which is where his the farm was that he was born, feeling defeated and unable to find work due to his infamy and his name, what that meant. That said, he he did pass on kind of like running the balls or owning the balls to two of his brothers. Mm-hmm. Actual brothers? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. He passed in December of 1925, but the drag balls continued and expanded to other cities outside of D.C. They became public events in the early 20th century. Swan's younger brother, Daniel J. Swan, a tailor. Perfect. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, continued in his brother's footsteps costuming the washington drag community until his death in 1954 wow thank you daniel Mm -hmm. there there are conflicting reports on if photos of william exist so the reason that one i was like maybe we've done this before but it probably would have been before 2020 Mm. there is somebody who's been working on a book about william for it was supposed to release in 2019 Mm. then 2020 then 2021 i don't know i did not confirm even though it's the simplest google if it's available now but this person's been working on this non-stop because it you can maybe find one photo yeah and it might be them and it might be them 
And I do know there was somebody that did a um, a play, like a one-man show about this. And it went to different fringe festivals. And he said that um, he found a couple of photos, but it really was like there were no wigs. There was no makeup. Mm. It was just, I'm comfortable wearing this. Yeah. yeah, like and, women's clothing. And I'm comfortable with like... I, my body's telling me to do this when I say this kind of thing. But he will soon be recognized with a redesignation of a stretch of Swan Street Northwest. Swan Street was actually named for a different swan. Bad swan? For, I don't know. Thomas Swan. I don't know if he was a good swan, bad swan. Well, I, well, usually when they rename streets where they keep the name, it's because the original person was like a confederate. Right, like our Robert, Robert e. Lee. Lee. This was just... Um, a Maryland governor. He probably sucked. I'm sure he did. Yeah. If they if they deem that that person was less worthy, or it's usually because they're like there's controversy well, associated. Fuck. What did Thomas Swan do? We can now find that. I got but it. That's no. a qu- it's probably something pretty milk toast for the time, like being a slave owner, which is yeah. bad. Right. Like he yeah. he yeah. owned the mill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the bill also calls for a historic plaque in DuPont Circle, which is a neighborhood with rich LGBTQ. Say DuPont, mm. yeah, history. So, oh, William, not with LG. I was thinking DuPont Oil. The yeah, energy or, the, or is it what is DuPont it? Group is anyway. Not the same for DuPont. I should know. <laughs> I should know. But yeah. Um, so we have our first drag queen, our first LGBTQ American activist, and the first balls, and the first drag balls, houses. and drag. It's interesting. That's really that's from the start. Yeah, having houses because yeah, hundred percent. So track. cool, hundred percent. But yeah, I was. I like, love the pictures. I mean, of what they think is him mm-hmm. what was his name one more time william swan with two swan. n's william dorsey swan but it'll pop up if you just put in william swan yeah and then drag probably but no. like that to me it's just crazy because it feels like even more so today than ever are we talking about houses and drag balls and and yeah. drag in general and it's crazy to me that this is like a new discovery right. to folks. Yeah. I, yeah, all I've been watching. I mean, it makes sense, but I it's feel just. like half the shit on my TikTok right now is people voguing because Beyonce oh, yeah. hired so many oh, like yeah. great Vogue artist-centric queens yeah. and people what, to honey, dance honey on Balenciaga. The, yeah. yeah. And it's so good. Yeah. It's Ugh. so good. And I just, yeah, watch all the ball stuff too. Yeah. Like currently it's so Well, it's Pride cool. Month too, so yeah. you're going to get a lot of They it. might be favoring that for me, yeah. but anyways. Delightful. My story is gay also. <laughs> Let's get gay. Get yeah. gay. It's Pride, it's Pride Month. Happy Pride. It's Pride Month. Okay, so... My story is about is about somebody who is under my identifying part of the queer umbrella, which is the bisexual menace. Mm-hmm. So you love to be a little menace. I do love to be a little menace. I am not straight. This person's <laughs> name is Julie D'Aubigny. D apostrophe yep. A U B I G N Y. Let me look at it again. 
Dabini. Dabini. Well, in French, if it is in fact French, it's very French. And there's going to be a lot of then bad you French happening. Say it's the apostrophe. It just like you just keep going. I'm gonna call her Julie. Dabini. Julie D. Well, it's interesting because she does have several different names throughout uh, the story, and we don't even know what her real name is. We don't exactly know when she was born, as we. This usually happens Those are with my these favorite parts type of, of people. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I they, mean, we don't know when William was born. That's what's yep. up. Well, that's the thing. It's like, there's I don't know when I was born. The 90s? Mm, I hope not. Don't even pretend. 2000 what? Exactly. exactly. Um, <laughs> that being said, Julie was born around... It's okay. It's driving me crazy. I know. It's, it's fine. Okay. It's okay. This is homophobic. <laughs> it's about to be. It's about to turn into a hate crime in here. Okay, so I will say that there's a lot of bad French in this because I do not speak French, but I will try. And this is very much a story that has a lot of like legend to it. And there are a couple of other podcasts and sources where you can do a better job of sussing out what is fact and what is fiction. But the legend's a lot more interesting. So that's how I'm approaching the rest of the story. Give me the lore, baby. I'm mm-hmm. ready for it. Okay, so Julie was born around 1673, either in Paris or its surrounding. Her father, Gaston, <laughs> known as the Sierra de Albany. How do you say it? I would say looking at Daubigny. Um Daubigny. Anyways, Gaston, her dad, served as a horse master for the Count de Armanac, who held a prominent position in Louis the Fourteenth's court. Gaston was a skilled swordsman and a man of uh, raucous indulgence, passed passed on both of these to his daughter, both the ability to be a good swordsman and also his temper and kind of like his drinking habits. Was he into eggs? I, I don't know if anybody needed six dozen eggs at this I'm time. Not, I need. I feel like Gaston is based on this guy. He's pretty Gaston. from the very yeah. brief description. He recognized her potential as a swordsman and provided Julie with an education typically reserved for boys, including academic subjects and fencing. And from the age of 12, Julie excelled in fencing, often competing against men and proving herself to be the best in the group. It was also during this time that she began dressing as a male, a practice which she would continue throughout her life. Julie's early years were spent in the writing school in a a palace in Paris where her father worked. Later, when the court moved to Versailles in 1682, she relocated there as well and spent her youth in the great stables. Um, Growing up in such surroundings with her father training court pages, Julie's upbringing was far from conventional. At the age of 14, Julie, who was a a willful child, obviously raised by her father, Gaston, started an affair with her father's boss, hot, Mm -hmm. the Count de Armanac. And it's hard to say affair. She was 14. Yeah. It's creepy. It's of the times, I suppose, because he was 32 years her senior. Yep. And to kind of, and even that was kind of controversial at the time. So to remain, to maintain respectability, the count arranged her to marry a man who's the Sia D. Maupin, M-A-U-P-I-N, who was like, yeah, maybe. Um, (laughs) He was a minor (laughs) noble and this um, granted her the title of Madame de Maupin. I would be so pissed if I died and hundreds of years later I was known as a minor noble. Yeah. It sucks. I mean, even Not more the so. At time, though, you probably have like, like money and shit. It's probably that sounds good. good. That's like middle, solidly years middle from class. Now, no yeah. one's going to know who the fuck we were at all. No. 
let us have these minor nobles these records and recordings which will be put in the Smithsonian exactly <laughs> to be blasted into space by That's comedians it. of the future in their That's comedy right. college mm-hmm. classes. How to be funny uh-huh. with weird brunch. Yep. So, however, um, bingo. Their married life was also unconventional as Dion Mac. Uh, Wait, prom- they were married now? Yeah, she married that minor. Yeah. To kind of save her image. She had the affair, but then she yeah, got she married. Was yeah, she was separate. Old dude, well, and he, now she's married to the other dude. He organized the marriage for them. Like, he. The guy she was fucking? Ooh. Her dad's messy. Super creepy. Well, he did it because it was a way to be like, oh, no, she's married. We're just like as kind of like a cover. We just hang out at night. Oh, my God. Who is this poor cut? Oh, it gets better. However, (laughs) their married life was unconventional as D'Armac promptly sent Maupin away to Paris to work as a tax collector while he and Julie remained involved. (laughs) Of course. This guy's life. Yeah. Um, so accounts differ regarding whether D'Armanac eventually became dissatisfied with the arrangement or if it was Julie that tired of the count. Um, but she did end up running away with her fencing master, whose name was Saran. Daddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fencing master. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Their relationship took a ter- tumultuous turn when the general of police sought to apprehend Saranus uh, for his involvement in a fatal illegal duel. Um, and to that's just murder right well yeah. so dueling was <laughs> dueling was illegal at that time but it definitely uh, fucking happened all the time because it's hard to break those habits yeah but if it's an unknown duel isn't that just we're yeah. in a duel you didn't but know it, I shot it. it's like saying my dick a shooting as opposed to like a murder like you, you define okay. what you're killing with so to escape the clutches of the law la montin who is the what they call um julie now and serana's fled to the city of Marseille. 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 Thank you. Um, as they journeyed southward, La Maupin and Serena's sustained themselves by showcasing their fencing skills and captivating avi- audiences with their singing in taverns and local fairs. So they were like in the street, sword fighting yeah. each other for money. And then singing. And then singing and people throwing money at them. Delightful. Yeah. And it's a. Uh, That's just a musical. Yes. It's worth noting that during. It's Broadway. It's worth noting that during these impromptu performances, La Maupin boldly donned male attire making no effort to conceal her sex so she's wearing men's clothes without trying to be come off as a guy hot. yeah mm-hmm. so and, androgynous um their talents and unconventional presentation form the foundation of their livelihood on the road um and there's a story of one time where they're dueling as like a performance to a crowd and some dude in the crowd yells out and is like i don't think that's actually a chick i think that's a fucking dude and you're pulling one over us. And she went, oh, really? And she turned to the crowd and pulled out her titties. Yes. Dang. Yes. And that shut that man up. Julie. Real, 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 real Julie. quick. Mm-hmm. Okay. So during her travels with Saran, Julie, now known as La, La Maupin, uh, discovered her talent for professional opera singing. Despite lacking formal musical training, her pleasing voice, natural musicality, and uh, the fact that she was hot as hell, enabled her to secure a role in the newly established Opera de Marseille. Marseille? Marseille. Marseille. I'm not going to... I have a lot of French... I think of a lot of French stories, and I I never get it right. I-N and A-N are always going to make a, like, eh That's too much information for me right now. Anything that ends in... Okay. Whatever. (laughs) Go on. The absence (laughs) of formal musical education did not hinder her opera career she had very good memory she had good acting abilities she was okay at singing and again she was pretty good looking and that all kind of made up for a lack of experience musical theater oh yeah for sure 
nailed it. Around this time, she actually kind of grew bored of Serrana's and became involved with a young woman, just a local merchant's daughter in town who had come to one of her shows one night. And when that merchant's daughter's parents found out, they immediately sent that girl to a convent. Of course. Mm -hmm. Off to a convent in Avignon. I can say that one. Man, I bet convents were like slutty. Oh, yeah. There's so much slutty, like smut that's lady, lady convent material. I am X amount of years old and I am just now thinking about like, oh, that's just where they sent all of the... I feel like that's where they sent the lesbians. That's all the the new like indie films now that are period pieces are just like lesbians in convents. Yeah, there are a few of them. So, um, (laughs) pure moods. Julie, who is desperately in love with this um, girl decided to follow her to the convent and she entered the convent as a postulant a postulant is a person who's be like i might i might want to be a nun i'm just like helping i'm just checking it out whatever so they were in the convent for a little bit like secretly banging and kind of getting away with it and then one day one of the older nuns died so julie came up with this plan that they stole the body of the recently deceased nun placed it in the bed of her girlfriend and then set the room on fire to cover to cover up their escape what yeah oh my god and they, they don't think that the other people so would be didn't... like wait where's mother Teresa? yeah like, she's also missing <laughs> it, was mother Teresa it, ab- it absolutely did not work um <laughs> and they were that they did burn down part of the convent besides just that room and so they were on the run for three months and um, Julie was actually from the Lord. They're running the from law, the Lord, the Lord, That's and the straight amount of time to be on the run. Yeah, also. Julie was tried in absentia, which means she wasn't there. But the the Parliament in the province charged her under the name Sieur de Malpon, like a man, okay. like Monsieur, but okay. without mm-hmm. the Mon, so Sieur de Malpon, Mister Malpan. Okay, Whitney's. I like the. You being mad at me for not being I'm able not, to speak. I'm not. I'm just trying to understand. We're all Anyways, the point is the judges were not willing to admit that it was the possibility that a woman abducted another woman, mm-hmm. let alone a nun. They were like, men are the guys who do this. Yes. Yeah. So she was convicted and the sentence was uh, death by fire. So Holy shit. Death by but the she state. wasn't there. No, she was gone. Well, she was gone with the love of her life, obviously. Right. And so... They were on the run, um, and of course, like they were going to be together forever. That's uh, not true. They broke up after three months. <laughs> she basically no. dropped Don't. her girlfriend off at back at her parents' house and was like, "Goodbye, <laughs> I'm done." I actually know. Yeah. Um. So Julie continued her journey through the countryside, and she was also back in men's clothes. I will say it, it wasn't uncommon for women to travel in men's clothes at the time because it was safer. safer. Yeah. So when she was traveling, she definitely masked it up a little bit more yeah. than when she was entertaining, where she was like, "I'm just a hot chick in boy she clothes." Like, right. Mustache grow a little. Yeah, totally. I'm sure. We've all been there. Don't bleach it for a day. You yeah, know? you don't need to wax that off. It's hot. I like it. <laughs> I enjoy. I it. do. I see it, it glistening in the sun. I think I've seen girls with a little bit of mustache. I'm like, that's hot. It makes me think Depends, good yeah. things about some you. girls can pull it off. Mm-hmm. That's true. I'm not one of them. No, I'm not. Um, I think you have to commit to it. I think you have to be like, I'm a chick with a mustache. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to wake up every day like that. Not mm-hmm. yet. Not your style. So she's she's on the road, kind of just fucking around on the countryside. Still has a warrant out for her because she did some crimes. 
And one day she literally like physically bumps into a young nobleman, uh, Count de Albert, who challenged her to a duel, not realizing that she was female. And she beat the shit out of him um, so bad that the next day she was still in that town and she found out how like injured he was. And she went back and was like, hey, sorry for beating the shit out of you. Oh, she's good. Um, That's nice of her. And she nursed him back to health and they started fucking. Okay. (laughs) Maybe. So it's potentially lovers, but they actually became like lifelong friends and they keep kind of like touching base through the rest of her life. Okay. They're just fucking on the side. Maybe. She has a a lot of the return to the previous lover, like conveniently kind of things. So um, from there, she kind of took a lull in her debauchery and she took some singing lessons and pill- and acting lessons and she paired up with a new lover whose name was Vivenard. That's a fun name. That's the last name. Who also fancied himself a singer and together they returned to Paris. Um, Julie went to visit her old lover, D. Almanac, who was her dad's boss. Her dad is dead. The old he's still dude. alive. Like, is he the like friends. 80? Well, she went there because he's in high society. And he was like, hey, can you help me get a pardon? I did some light arson body snatching and absconding with a nun. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, God damn it. He's like, been there, sister. I get it. <laughs> yeah. But also sister. I got it, guy. Yeah. At the time, oh. kind of. Yeah. Get it. It's time for some sister act. And he went and like. Yeah. And then it's just Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. And it's just Whoopi Goldberg. Okay. At that same time that she was hanging out with her old, old man lover, um, her current boyfriend, Thevenard, auditioned for the Paris Opera and was hired immediately. Dang. The condition of his employment was that he wanted Julie to be able to audition as well. And the opera was like, you always got to bring your fucking girlfriend everywhere. Okay. Whatever. And they agreed because they wanted him. Was Julie actually that good or was she like? Um, They were like blown away. They're like, she's so hot and she's so good at singing. And we love her. Um, So um, I feel like I could have done opera back then. Maybe. I mean, if she, I don't know. I don't know. I've never heard her voice. There's no recordings of it. Fine. So anyways, so at the age of 17, she became part of the Paris opera. Wait, she's she is 17? 17. Wait, what? <laughs> okay. What the fuck? Hold on. I was like, this bitch is 38. No. She is 17. Between the ages of 14 and 17, she had an affair with Unacceptable. her. Unacceptable. Dad's boss. All of my opinions got have changed. married. This dumb teenager ran just Ran away with another teenager. No, no, no. She's an expert swordman. She beat the shit out of a bunch of I guys. Don't get, this is I'm insane. Truly upset now. Like now, I feel stupid for yeah. asking yeah. if that guy was alive. Does it make of you feel better to know that she did indeed get pardoned for her crimes because the king thought it was kind of funny? I mean, that she would have been pardoned feel- for her crimes now because she's a minor. Yeah, well, and also, well, the main reason why she was pardoned for her crimes is because she was a woman and there were specific laws like the laws were about men right they were like girls just don't do, do that they don't do an arson i mean honestly do an arson. we could bring those ones back this, yeah this really Women's is right it's yeah. right for me to do yeah. this yeah. i don't know if you'll Wrong watch for you to judge summer. me about it i watched the first watch season. what i just started the second season it's pretty good of what cruel, of cruel summer, summer. Mm-hmm. it's like this teenage is this. trash <laughs> this is okay. this oh i'm gonna watch it i love it it's so. this she then appeared in all of the opera's major productions from 19 or sorry 1690 to 1694 and then became very famous as, as an La opera Mopin. singer yes incredibly do famous. you think she's saying <laughs> yeah she was 21 I don't think that was she was 21 at that point yep. four years yeah 21 <sighs> yep what have i done nothing 
I've, I've done, done nothing. nothing. I yeah. know I've done 2024. nothing. Um, so Julie quickly became a prominent figure in Parisian high society, engaging in public affairs with both male and female co-stars. Her reputation for her confrontational nature was well known, and she frequently found herself involved in uh, barroom brawls. Hell yeah. Hot. Hot. In one notable incident, she fears, fearlessly confronted a fellow actor whose name was Louis Gallard Duminci, nice. who was sexually harassing members of the female chorus and company. Um, and she was like, stop being fucking gross. And when he refused to stop being a dick, she met him out in like the alley after a show, beat the shit out of him with his own cane yes. and stole his snuff box from him. Yes. And then the next day at like show practice, he's all fucked up and he's like, yeah, I got, I got mugged by like three guys. And she was like, no, you fucking didn't called him a liar, called him a and coward like, and then threw box. the snuff box. At him. Yes. Oh my God. Claim, and being like, I'm the one who kicked your ass. And it's just like, gosh, she's what so a cool. Douche. Yeah. Fuck that guy. About this time she fell in love with Fanchon Moreau, who is another singer's mistress um, uh, and she was a mistress of the Grand Dauphin, who's like Dauphin. a Grand Dauphin. Dauphin. And she got Dauphin. real upset about this, and she tried to commit suicide when she was rejected. How old was she then? She's like 24. Well, who 12 hasn't? years old. She's going back. <laughs> so she got over it and then was immediately back on her bullshit. On a particularly e on a particularly raucous evening, Julie attended a court ball dressed in men's attire and boldly kissed a young woman in the middle of the dance floor. And this action led to her being challenged to a duel by three different noblemen who Jesus. were courting that one young woman. Jesus. And Julie Rigility. was like, oh, yeah. and Julie was immediately like, all right, meet me outside. She literally said, meet me outside. Let's go outside. She said, catch me outside. How about that? Yeah. And in a dispark, 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 and in a display of remarkable skill, she engaged in a simultaneous encounter with all three opponents. Shut the fuck up. And emerging yes. victorious. Yes. While some su accounts suggest that she may have caused fatal outcomes in one or more of the duels, the details are remain subject to historical variations. So she might have killed three guys. Okay. Not joking. I thought you were about to say she fucked all three of them i mean <laughs> if she didn't here's the thing that's why i think she killed them because she hadn't killed them she would have fucked them afterwards yeah, yeah it's that's, very praying mantis I, i'm getting her mo here yeah. I'm, I'm into it so this was um still the fact that louis the 14th had outlawed duels and this happened at his brother's house oh and so she was like his twin brother's house did he have a twin brother no I don't she was this man mask. yeah she was like oh I don't think you get to get out of jail free cards um so I'm gonna go ahead and flee to Brussels where she became the lover of the elector of Bavaria he soon discovered that Julie might be crazier than she was hot because she was acting in a play. She got another opera job there and there was a suicide scene for her character and she actually stabbed herself with a dagger because she was this real girl. method about this it. This is really, this is a theater girl. Yeah. Yes. This is all just a story about a theater yes, girl. It really I is. think that's fine. So um, that elector of Bavaria really got kind of the ick from that. And, um, why he was like i don't want to do this anymore <laughs> and he then he then offered her forty thousand francs to leave him alone <laughs> take the money bitch. i would do and anything yes. for someone to pay me to leave them alone she yes. was so offended by it that she literally threw the money at his feet and like stomped off and went to madrid no, there's also a rumor money. that she might have pushed him down the stairs too i like that one I better. like that too. yeah 
So she's back at square one. She doesn't have any money. She's running from the law. She's in a different country. And she found herself working as a maid to a countess, who she absolutely fucking hated. She did not work there for very long. And her last night working there, she was getting the countess ready for a grand ball. Mm-hmm. And she was in charge of dressing. Of yep. And she was in charge of dressing, dressing the countess's hair. And she dressed a bunch of radishes in it. <laughs> nice that the countess couldn't see except but everybody else. except like balls were falling <laughs> out of her head the whole night just radishes and so by the time that the countess had discovered she like was at the ball like she, she was, was gone. gone she was like fucking later That's you radish so bitch. <laughs> that radish bitch that is so that's delightful so and little, weird because it is like bisexual not, menace she is yes. she's not stabbing anybody she's no. putting radishes in your hair she's stabbing herself she's do, she's, for dramatic effect yeah putting radishes in bitches stealing hair. the spring from your toilet paper holder mm. yes stealing your shampoo and hiding it in a different Fucking part of your house really. just going to a party and taking something for yeah, the road whatever it may matter. be putting the batteries upside down in your remote yes. control who knows these people Crazy. an inspiration <laughs> truly um but she is still a wanted woman in paris um but she did get pardoned for her duels again this time because from intervention from the king's brother whose party it was and it was another thing that was like it was kind of funny it yeah funny. and she's technically a woman so she can't get like charged for dueling yeah. right so julie got pardoned again because the king's brother was like it happened at my party and it's whatever those guys kind of sucked anyways i guess it's fine um, so the king pardoned her. Um, she then started to perform for the court of Versailles, um, and she started being, in, again, in most major opera productions in Paris. She continued to defend chorus girls from lecherous barons and dickheads and all that kind of stuff. She also started an affair with somebody else, and his wife confronted her, and she threatened to, like, fucking kill her. She said, blow her brains out, oh specifically. Oh, my God. Um, and then she also got accused of attacking her landlord <laughs> for whatever fucking reason. That's amazing. Her and the guy who got her into opera, Thivenard, remained friends um, until her retirement. Um, although they would fight on stage. Very Lindsay Buckingham, Stevie Nicks mm-hmm. kind of situation. Oh. Yeah. Um, but that's made them just more famous and more popular because people are like, what are they going to do in the middle of the opera? Are they going to get into it? One time he in the play, she bit his ear so hard that he bled. He and everyone was like, it. this is cool as hell. He knows what he did. Yeah. Shouldn't have had his ear dressed that way, you know? Yeah. Don't be so biteable. Yeah. Sorry. Don't put it out there like that. In 1703, she fell in love with Madame la Marquise de Florensac. Florensac. That sounds right. <laughs> The mo- who is lowering sack? Who is hey? Get your Florence sack off my guard. Yord. She, <laughs> she was described to be the most beautiful woman in France. So beautiful that she actually had to flee to Brussels a few years before because the Dauphin was obsessed with her and would not leave her alone. Which is funny because she had to Julie had to flee to Brussels too, but because she killed a guy. Yeah. So oh, they have that in common. Yeah, that's nice. The Madame was one of the most famous, wealthy, and well-connected women in France. And the two women lived, according to one account, in perfect harmony for two years until the Madame died of a fever. And that was the longest relationship that she had had, was that I mean, two years. Granted, she did kind of like bop around to different shows. How old is she at this point? Do so, we know? distraught. But she's not the yeah, bitch. She's, she's under 30. 24. No. <laughs> Dis- distraught, Julie then entered a coven. Like, she was like, I'm done. Dang. Yeah, she was real fucking depressed that her girlfriend died. Um, 
and she died at the age of 33. Okay, so she was still very young. She was very young. And one biographer said of her death, um, destroyed by an inclination to do evil in the sight of her God and a fixed intention not to, after which the biographer claims her body was cast upon a rubbish heap. Damn. <gasps> and that's it. Tossed out with the trash. Honestly, same. What a life, though. Like, For real, mean. she lived the life of a fully aged hundred year old within she lived 33 like years five lives yep. yeah like in three years i thought she was gonna be 50 no. like that was insane she got a lot done there there was also a point and i didn't mention here that uh, her husband Mapan, came Mopan. back like 15 years later he's like i guess i'm done with taxes and she's like oh hey and they kind of oh, like hung out still they were still the married the That's entire time fucking and funny. he's and there's there's some accounts that are like they kind of like settled down because like her lover died and like she was in the convent she's like oh, i can just go live with a guy and i'll just go too. talk to somebody he's just like a boring yeah. accountant mm-hmm. that's older than me whatever and then she i think the, the the prevailing theory she got sick she you know like a fever and right. she just died so yeah if you need a a role model to look up to right i don't know if she's the like i mean yes I get but it. also like maybe like she died real young. She's literally be gay do crimes. Uh, uh, well, that there I'm not we contributing go. to this. No. You're the I, only one. I your do story? support being gay and doing crimes. Yeah. Mine is yours gay. Mine is not gay. Oh unfortunately, that's, mine is probably she's also not, the only one that's not gay. Episode. Is I'm just saying <laughs> she's, the, she's the token straight. I'm sorry, but. It's not that gay. It's not gay. I don't think it all. It could be. Can you find a way to make it gay? We'll find a way to make it gay. I could. I think I can. If anyone can make it gay. But it is relevant to what we were discussing before. Okay. Before we started the podcast. uh, Relevant to very current events. AKA submarines. AKA Ocean Gate. So ocean gay, ocean gay. Can Did you turn it. your? <laughs> so at this point in time, we know that it imploded. James Cameron. I don't know if y'all have read the stuff about him commenting on this, but he was being a bitch he, about it, right? I don't well, think he was. He's I kind think of he's a subject matter practical. expert. Yeah. yeah, and he's been on it's a, a small bunch community. of stuff. He said he knew that the implosion happened that sunday when they were first announced because he still like looks at all that shit and had the ability to like when something seismic happens in the ocean nearby gets notified right Mm -hmm. and he was like oh shit that was those people and he was like i'm surprised nobody said i mean i guess you have to be sure like don't come out and say Yes, it you imploded have to go look just for because them. you heard this loud noise yeah. underwater. Right. Anyway, so that happened at the beginning. That happened yeah. on Sunday, the day the they were announced that, as being that they lost Mon- contact. Sunday or Monday, okay. I can't remember. Which, if you're that, because you're still close-ish to the vessel, I'm surprised they wouldn't have like heard it. So low key, well, underwater they're not going to hear. Like above the water, if they because they had the the ship that it yeah. was deployed from. Yeah. They're not going to hear it above the water. Not like a big bubble pop no. up out of it. No. It might be a, a little bubble. bubble. Like a little fart. 
I don't think just so. Just dying so, as James, a fart in the ocean. James Cameron kind of knew they were dead the whole time. He made the assumption. Yeah. knew they were dead the whole time and talked to other people in the community about it because he was like, there's no way this wasn't them. It's in the same area. It was a huge, It's two noises, right? Explosion. Like, it it was, was like one initial. And then like a. And then a huge. Have you heard it? No. It it's, was like a crunch and then it was an explosion. No. It was two explosions, one smaller and one yeah. bigger. They and then think you can hear was, the second one echo. They think it, yeah, you hear the second one echo. The they tol- think it was the, the tail cone. The okay, I'm gonna talk Sorry. about just a little this bit. Is all very okay, exciting and sad. So we're all sort of familiar with Ocean Gate, the submarine. Mm-hmm. Five yes. people, billionaires, and a, somebody's son, and some, and one of the billionaires' kid all died tragically, hubrisly. Okay, but James Cameron was like the thing about this the vehicle that they used to get down there is that it was fucked up and I would have never gone there. Cameron said he personally never believed in the sort of carbon fiber cylindrical hull that the company used telling Reuters that it was a horrible, horrible idea and sounded bad. So the thing about hulls is that they should be what you said holes, but it sounded like Like holes. Holes. Oh, it's I okay. see. I was like, "What uh, is holes short for?" Ooh, <laughs> no. That? So, I holes to her should be made out of a contiguous material like steel, titanium, ceramic, or acrylic. So, contiguous material means contiguous, right? Isn't that how you say it? C o n t i g u o u s. Isn't that contiguous? Contiguous. Mm. Maybe that's a word I've never said out loud before. It and looks only like ever read. contiguous to me. Hold on. Do you have the little lady that it. will tell you how to say it? Pretty much if anything's above like a grade. I was right. Okay. Contiguous. If, you I, were? if it's above a grade seven reading level, I'm not. Well, we, so pressure hulls should be made out of contiguous material, titanium, steel, ceramic, blah, blah, blah. In order to do modeling and finite element analysis to understand the number of cycles that a material can take. Cycles as in this submarine is going under so much pressure. So as the material goes under, it compresses. And when it comes back up, it, so it's a the pressure is lifted and it expands. Yeah. And yeah. It like weakens so, every time you do yes, that, right? And it does. But when it's a contiguous material, it doesn't happen as quickly as it would failure. with carbon fiber yes Mm -hmm. so wait as it would with a composite material Mm -hmm. which is carbon fiber carbon fiber those are two different things you might say isn't carbon fiber strength mostly associated with like impact it's Mm -hmm. tensile strength yeah Yeah. so carbon fiber is made of two different materials blended together quote and so we all knew that the danger was the delamination and progressive failure over time with microscopic water ingress which means the carbon fiber was expanding and contracting and expanding and contracting water's getting in there and there's little mini mini fissures happening inside the actual material that you probably can't see from the outside but it's definitely happening on the inside mm-hmm. so it's like if you think about a perforated you know, like paper towel, Mm -hmm. it's going to split at the perforation because that's where the little holes are. So that's essentially what happened. And that made me start thinking about other instances of 
that type of problem. And Fissures. That, well, it's technically called material fatigue. That's where Aloha Flight 243 popped into my brain Ooh. thanks to, well, John. My husband saw a made-for-TV movie about this in uh, the <laughs> 90s with his mom. May she rest in peace. Aloha. Did, she, did they watch it on a plane? No, because they didn't go on a plane. They were from Nacogdoches, Texas. They're they not never going seen on it. I rode a plane. We didn't go on a plane till we were pretty. We just went to Dallas. We went remember? to Dallas with Grandma Barbara. Yeah. So Aloha Flight 243 was flying. It Basically, if you want to think about it like this, it was kind of like a... Boeing puddle jumper, essentially. Mm -hmm. It was going from island to island. Mm -hmm. That's what it did. It was Boeing? It was Boeing. Okay. Carrying 95, pe 95 people on a short trip from Hilo to Honolulu, Hawaii. It's about an hour-long flight. Sound like going to so Dallas. It's up and a down. Um, in the afternoon on April 28th, 1988, the plane had flown... Three interstate island or inter-island round trips already that day. Passed all the inspections that it usually goes through. And at 1.25 p.m., it takes off for another round. First, first officer, Mimi Tompkins. Lady? 37 years old. Lady, 1988. First officer flying. I love a lady pilot. Lover. The captain was also there. He was letting Mimi fly for the time being. Captain Robert Schornsmeyer, mm -hmm. 44. So he's like, all right, we're flying. There was also an FAA air traffic controller just hanging out to observe how they were doing. So also on there in an observer seat in the cockpit. cockpit. Taxi and takeoff were uneventful and it took takes about 20 minutes for the plane to get to the reaching altitude of 24,000 feet cruising. That's low. Uh, well, they're not going far. Yeah. Around row five, first class passenger William Flanagan and his wife are getting a drink from veteran flight attendant Clarabelle Lansing. Oh, She cute. was 58, a of delightful course. woman. What are you drinking on a plane? What am I drinking? Mm -hmm. Juice. That's it. No Apple cocktail. Juice. I'm not a. I'm not a drink on a plane girl. Mm -hmm. What about you, Whit? Uh, if it's in the afternoon, maybe, and I'll probably do a vodka soda, like, or maybe a wine. Wine singular, easy mm -hmm. to do. What are you drinking? A ginger ale. Ginger ale. Yeah. Okay. I, it's specifically or, a plain I mean, drink for if me. If I'm doing free drink, I'm getting a diet coke. But That's fair. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So do they warm it up for you if you ask? <laughs> I, I tell them, no ice. Bring it from the back of the plane. Good. So Clarabelle, she's handing over the drink, and uh, the passenger said she was just handing my wife a drink. She had stopped and told us that it was last call. We were going to be descending, and whoosh. All of a sudden, I heard a loud noise and a bang, but no explosion and felt a strong pressure pressure change. I looked up front and saw the front top left of the airplane disintegrating, going apart, pieces flying away. It started with a hole about an a yard wide and just kept falling apart. What the fuck? Just after flight attendant Clarabelle had touched lived. hands with him, she is sucked out Jesus. of the airplane. Clarabelle. Christ. The pilots in the cockpit 
hear this fucking shit happen, are stunned, quickly spring into action after the initial bang. Quote, it sounded like really heavy canvas ripping rapidly, the captain said. It happened almost instantaneously, and there was no warning. First officer Mimi Tompkins, her head was jerked back and pieces of debris, including insulation, were floating through the air in the cockpit and the cockpit door was gone. They looked back and could see blue sky where the first class ceiling had been. Oh, my God. Quote, it was actually almost like being in a dream at that point because it's so unexpected. Your mind tries to protect you from what's going on, the captain said. You're just sort of dazed. I did turn back around and immediately put on my oxygen mask like I was trained to. I signaled to my cold pilot that I was taking control of the, the airplane. <laughs> <laughs> Which, to me, I'll, though, I'll get this. To me, though, that is like that calm, yeah, like, okay. Go. I'm taking over from here. Yes, we're yeah. we, we've yeah. been scalped. Yeah, let's continue. Well, a lot of those, a lot of the pilots are also ex-military too, yeah. right? So they just he have was. that go. And he was the captain was a veteran. Yeah. So like, yeah, this isn't the worst thing that's happened to yeah. me. He yeah. said the controls felt loose, and the plane started to slightly roll left and right as they were trying to figure out what's going on. This is my nightmare passengers yeah, in the cabin this. and the remaining the remaining flight attendants i think there were five flight attendants mm-hmm. poor clarabelle sucked out the rest of them are still on the plane and everybody's trying to figure out what the fuck is going on but they're still moving forward uh quote i remember thinking about things like I don't have enough life insurance, one of the passengers said. But there's nothing I can do about that. And I tried to get some peace in the world, but there was so much noise and too much debris flying around. So that never happened. One of the flight attendants was knocked unconscious by flying debris and was lying on the floor bleeding with like the back of her head cracked open. The first time I saw her, I thought she was dead, said another flight attendant. She was standing around row 15, so she was just on the borderline of the hole in the ceiling. Her head was split open. She was under debris. Uh, That flight attendant had also been thrown to the floor, but only sustained minor injuries. And even with the plane doing this, she scrambled down the aisle to try and comfort the passengers mm. who are still in the plane. Every, I mean, everyone's still in the plane. Yeah. Well, except for Clarabelle. I had no sense of rows, only seats, she said. I was crawling and dragging. I know I was on my back some of the time because of the perspective I remember looking up into people's faces. I don't know when I stood up. I don't know when I crawled. She just remembers yeah. certain visions. She compared the atmosphere to a blizzard. There was smoke-like vapor and debris flowing all around, paper, fiberglass, asbestos. It was all kind of white, and passengers were reaching to hold her as she went by because they didn't want her to get sucked out. Mm -hmm. The closer you came to the hole, the more intense it was. I didn't know if I would have stayed in the aircraft if I wasn't like being held and Mm -hmm. holding on to these people. Oh my God. One of her passengers said he was convinced the plane was going to fall apart before the pilot landed. Yeah. Of course you would think, why would you not? Right. I'm like, Oh, we're dead. (laughs) Yeah. Like, mm, mm. I don't want to be in a convertible airplane. Not (laughs) chill. I didn't pay for this. No. And that's the first class seats up front too. You definitely didn't pay for it. The captain, however, air force veteran, Mm -hmm. our captain, 
Schwarzmeyer initiated an emergency landing and first, for, what is it? First, first, first mate? First, first no. Is it first lieutenant? Is it? Any, I can't Mimi. remember. It's Mimi. Yes. Mimi Tompkins. First officer. Starts radioing first ahead officer. of first officers, right? First, starts radio, radioing for help. Quote, I was just totally focused on having to make it, they told them. I didn't have time to dwell on what would happen if it didn't. Mm-hmm. Emergency per- personnel on the ground couldn't believe what they were seeing, but the damaged plane is finally making it back to the airport. Yeah, because they were That's about insane. to be on their descent. Yeah. And they're like, holy fuck, it looks like it's going to crash. Quote, it looked like it was going to crash. Larry Miller, who had been Aloha Airlines assistant station manager at the time, there was part of it that was missing. The whole top of the fuselage was gone. I didn't possibly think that the plane could land. However, at 1.58 p.m., so they were up for just under 30 minutes. Yeah. So the did they, plane, they turned around? Is that what you're saying? Or they they No, they through? were descending. They it, were in a descent, so... Well, because they it was touched 30 down minutes. at Maui's Kahului Airport. Okay, it departed from Hilo International Airport at like one twenty-five. Going to Maui. Going to Maui. Well, they could have also gone to yeah. a different because all those islands are so close to each other. They might have just gone to the closest island. Yeah. So they did. They made it to Kahului Airport on Maui. Oh, so they won't get a refund because they... Yeah. The, you're welcome. Oh we got God. you there. We're actually on time. We actually went so, faster. Yes. <laughs> they departed from Hilo and landed, emergency landed in Maui. So emergency personnel are on the ground. They can't believe what's going on. The plane finally touches down with no further casualties. What the fuck? Quote, it was remarkable flying on the part of the two pilots to be able to land that airplane after that happened. 65 people on the plane were injured, eight of them seriously. And it was so many people that ground response, like they didn't have that many like emergency vehicles Mm -hmm. at that little airport. So there were tour vans. There were tour vans that were just there and they use those to pick up people and take them to the hospital. And there were a bunch of, I think at least a couple of those people driving vans were like old EMTs or something. Mm -hmm. So they helped also unsuccessful searches were launched to find Clarabelle. Were they over the ocean? Parts of the airplane over the ocean and they never found anything. They didn't find her. They didn't find parts of the plane. So how does this relate to our submarine? At the time of the incident, according to the National Transportation Safety Board, Mm -hmm. NTSB, Mm -hmm. the plane had accumulated 35,490 flight hours, which is a normal amount for a plane of that age. The difference is it had flown 89,680 flight cycles, which basically means take off and land. Mm. And like you're saying, it was the second mm. highest number of cycles worldwide on a beast, a Boeing 737 on its final flight. The plane suffered explosive decompression as a result of structural failures caused by significant disbanding 
and material fatigue damage. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So as you go up in altitude, the air pressure outside reduces. So an airplane has systems that keep the air inside of the airplane the same pressure as it would be as if you were on the ground. When the skin of the airplane, Ooh. so that would be the aluminum on the, the outside. We'll call it the skin. That's what they call it. When the skin blows out, all of the air on the inside of the airplane suddenly goes flying out. And because of its low pressure out there, it's an explosive decompression. And it happens very quickly. So that's what happened. But luckily, the like joints from the fuselage and the back part of the the plane and the front part, which is arguably the most important part, oh, yeah, where the pilots and the <laughs> engine are, uh, didn't get ripped apart like the first class fuselage area did mm -hmm. the engines on the descent were damaged one of them went out on the way down because they they call it ingesting also when a airplane uh propeller or engine mm -hmm. sucks in something yeah. that like, damages like it solely like it's ingesting also winnie's favorite movie mm -hmm. my favorite movie jacket mm -hmm. maybe um actually I just saw yesterday a uh, airline employee in San Antonio was ingested by a <gasps> fucking airplane and Ooh. died. So airplane ingestion, just don't do it. Um, just say no. Yeah, just so you know. Thanks to a few happy coincidences, quote, happy coincidences, parts of the skin that remained attached prevented the nose of the airplane from falling off. There was damage to the wings, tail, and the left engine. One woman said that when she was boarding the plane, she observed a longitudinal fuselage crack. No, she didn't. And I want to be like... No, you didn't. Did you? Like, I don't think no. I Did she say that? that? Did yeah, you say she that? Yeah, she said that, but she said she... She she didn't tell anybody. She did not mm -hmm. see I, that. She's I, a fucking liar. I, the things you her. see after a tragedy are like yeah. It's like the people who are like, well, you know that kid was always weird. It's like you never pay attention to that kid. You have no idea yeah. what you're talking about. You just want to be on TV. So I'm sorry to this woman. I know you went through a trauma. Yeah, I mean, God, nightmares for the rest of your life. Oh my God. Also, how did they get home? I'm not getting on a plane. Never. I was just yeah. thinking about that. And now I'm on an that. island. I, guess I, I just like, live in Hawaii I live here now. At least they're in the big island yeah. at that yeah. point right they yeah. landed in honolulu i was thinking about that and i was like no immediately put me in a plane because the shock might not have worn off yet and so maybe mm -hmm. i can make it back mm -hmm. or maybe i'll have a full nervous breakdown halfway back to the united states mm -hmm. or to the more mainland. likely so an investigation is launched investigators determined that this could have been avoided that's what they always say the accident did lead to more frequent and thorough checking of aircraft and aircraft cracks and rivets. But the NTSB found that the probable cause of this accident was the failure of the Aloha Airlines management to supervise properly its maintenance force and the failure of the FAA to evaluate properly the Aloha Airlines maintenance program and to assist the airline's inspection and quality control deficiencies. But paraphrasing the NT, uh, another NTSB colleague, in essence, this was not something that we could have reasonably foreseen. It is unfair to say that the FAA ignored issues with the maintenance department, and it's unfair to say that Boeing had not done adequate engineering. 
it was just a case of this is something we didn't know before because what they had based their regulations on was the number of miles Flight accumulated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So after it was typically after 15,000 hours of flight, they do this huge regulation, go yeah. over everything yeah. instead of just the normal checks. Spot checks. Yeah. Yeah. So they weren't accounting for the fact that this plane was decompressing yeah. and compressing over and over and over and over and over again, hopping from yeah. island to island. Mm -hmm. And that's what ultimately caused that damage. Yeah. Material fatigue. It's a real thing. And that's why you got to... You got to check it out. Well, I wonder then how they said, okay, now everyone has to go check their planes for this. How many of them were like, ooh. Yikes. <laughs> right? Well, this was the second. Yeah. Most. So, so who was the first? I know. The first one, they probably saved a bunch yeah. of people. And the fact that that plane did not fucking crash. Yeah. And RIP Clarabelle, who really everyone was like, she was the best. Yeah. This is a bummer. You also don't ever hear anybody being like, she's fucking sucked. True. You know? Yeah. True. I also... Uh, what was I going to say? The fact that they were only at 24,000 feet means, because like if that happened like on an international flight, when you're that oh, high, you're, you're immediately fucked. dead. Well, and that's the thing too, all, is they no were air. a little lower. Yeah. So the depressurization while jarring wasn't deadly. Yeah. Can I get a go piss girl? Oh, I think, well, we're almost yeah, done. I think we're basically oh, done. Okay. We can oh, the only thing is it. when thinking about your story and how it's gay, the ocean's gay. That's true. Yeah. The ocean so is canonically. Gay. Yeah. So is ingesting. Yeah. Fishers. Holes. That's true. Fishers. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of. Gay. There's also just something just flight called attendants. Yeah. Crevice corrosion. Yeah. Yep. Also sounds yep. gay to me. That's yep. you know when you mm -hmm. the joints are always going to be the weakest part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Anyways, Lisa's got to pee. We're mm -hmm. going to go swimming. Happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Month. Do gay crimes. Um, do Don't, gay go crimes. On a Don't go on a plane. Don't go on planes. Don't go into the ocean. Don't go deep into the ocean. Go to the Luxor in yeah. Las Vegas. You can get just as close to Titanic. We or touched it. They didn't get to touch shit. Or and they're dead. They didn't touch fucking shit. You can also go to the Titanic one in Branson mm -hmm. or in yeah. Pigeon Forge. And mm -hmm. there's a million others yeah. to mm -hmm. go to. Mm -hmm. Um well, don't Lisa, be a billionaire. Go piss girl. Thank you.